This is the Trip Doctor Podcast. I'm Evan Jordan. People travel for all sorts of reasons. To escape, to relax, to impress, to learn. This episode is all about how and why we learn during our travels. From elementary school class trips to study abroad, educational tourism focuses on learning while traveling. But where do the benefits to students really come from? Do regular travelers gain the same skills as students during their travels? My guest today is Dr. Matthew Stone, an assistant professor at Cal State University, Chico. Matthew has researched education and tourism over the past several years, and he has made some interesting observations about what travelers and the tourism industry can do to promote learning while we travel. Um, I think travel providers also have, have this great opportunity whether it's a hotel or, or historical museum, to kind of give people a way to to reflect on the learning, give them tools for learning, kind of the gamification of learning. I know museums are getting a lot better about this, kind of like scavenger hunt ideas. But then afterward, to give people something to take home, you get a brochure when you walk in the museum, but you don't get one to take home, which I find interesting. And that'd be kind of cool. That helps you reflect on on that experience. You know, If you're going to Washington, D.C., well, you learned a lot, but it's it's almost overwhelming. So what can you take away at the end of the day? So I always like to get started in my interviews with getting to know the the person who's done the research that we're going to be talking about. And I like to get to know you a little bit more in terms of your preferences in 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 your travel. Like what are the things that you like in travel because that helps us understand when you're doing research, what is the perspective that you're taking? What type of traveler are you? That sort of thing. So I'd like you to start uh if you could tell us a little bit about what your favorite thing about traveling is. Well, I was a traveler long before I was a travel researcher, and so I've been a traveler since I was a kid. I'd, I'd love to see new things and new experiences, I think, which is a cliche. I think my favorite thing right now is travel is one of the few opportunities we take to really disconnect from whether it be devices or our normal lives and just go somewhere and, and, and absorb the sounds and the tastes and the experiences. So right now, for me, it's really refreshing to go anywhere, whether it's you know 100 miles away or across the world, and just to be in that place and feel what it feels like to be there. That's my favorite thing about traveling. What about in terms of your favorite places you've been and favorite places that you want to go? So let's start with your, your favorite place you've ever been before. I'm going to start with places because any time you say place, I never have a good example um, for you. Um, as far as in Europe, my favorite place to travel, I love Innsbruck, Austria. I love to be surrounded by the Alps on all sides, just be in this mountain environment where great outdoor activities, but great beer. I love it there. Um, and, and within the United States, I'm from central Illinois. I am in love with the landscape of the plains. And so I love uh, central Illinois. Uh and Luang Prabang, Laos may be one of the most interesting places I've been culturally and, and just great experience. Um, I'll pretty much go anywhere. You got a real diverse set of places. Uh, what In Innsbruck, are you a skier? Is that why you like to go there? Or I am not a skier at all. No, I think it's because I am from the flatlands. And so the mountains are fascinating to me. Just to be surrounded by the mountains and within the mountains is just amazing. Me too. Being from Michigan, I guess we're both Midwesterners. It is so nice to, I mean, we don't, we don't have a lot of variation in our landscape. And so, like you said, when you get into those mountains, it's just, it sort of changes your perspective on things for me. 
it's very interesting, yeah. What about, uh, number one, you've been to a lot of places. So what about places that you want to go? Are you like looking for super off the beaten path places? Because it sounds like you've been everywhere else. Yeah, no. So there's some places I, I live in California. I've never been to Yosemite. Um, I don't like to fight crowds. And so I haven't made it there yet. I, I want to go to Santa Fe, New Mexico really bad and Machu Picchu. So those are probably and those are really uh, not too off the beaten path. Pretty well touristed places that I haven't been to yet. So not at all. What about Machu Picchu? I've been reading a lot of articles recently about how they're changing. Well, they already have changed the regulations on where you can go and the things you can do there. Are you feeling like you need to go there before it gets even more restricted? Is that one of your motivations to get there? No, I think it actually might improve the experience because I think they're they're more strictly restricting how many people can go and when they can go. So I think it might actually improve the experience. So. I do have a picture of my grandmother there from 30 years ago, and to see a picture of people with almost no one in the background compared to today is, is pretty fascinating. So I love the contrast of, in travel, too, looking at the history of Waikiki versus what it looks like today. I, I'm fascinated by that also. Historical pictures of places like that are just phenomenal. Okay, so now that we know a little bit about you as a traveler, some of your favorite things, places you've been, places you want to go, I want to learn a little bit more about you as a tourism researcher. So you said you were a traveler way before you started doing travel research. So how did you decide to get into tourism research? This is something that I don't think a lot of people, when they start going to college, intend on doing, but was that that the case for you? Yeah, it was very accidental. So like I said, I love to travel and I worked in the hotel. As you know, I was a hotel manager for a dozen years across the country in Ohio, Washington, D.C., Houston, Texas. And I saw a job posting as a professor at a community college. And so I was a professor at a at Prince George's Community College in Maryland. And I taught hospitality and tourism for a couple of years there. And then really to advance my career, I needed a Ph.D. And so that is the first time I ever I never thought about research until I started the Ph.D. as a second career. And so I'm an accidental researcher, shall we say, but um, I, I do enjoy it now. So do you feel like that background gives you a different perspective on doing travel research? I, I think, yeah, I don't do so much hospitality research, which is interesting. I do more more travel and tourism research. Um, but I think having the experiences does help you connect. And I know it's important to you to connect the research to people who aren't in the research community. And I think that is something that could be, really be improved on. I will read research articles and I'm like, well, that was a cute study, but it, it's has no value to society. And I hope my research actually is able to, um, you know, help people travel better, help people provide better travel experiences. So I hope that my research can, can do that. So would you say that's a, that's a goal of your doing tourism research is to make better experiences for people? It absolutely is. Yeah. And when I, when I really think about what my research focuses on, it's, it's really on making travel better, getting more from travel experiences and providing better travel experiences for people while also acknowledging that there is a, a profit motive in there, that travel providers do need to, you know, make money at this. So, Sure. Well, what would you say your specialty is in terms of tourism research? So today we're going to be talking about education and tourism. Uh, is that your area of expertise or do you have other areas as well? I'm kind of in two areas. So and it's kind of all focused, like I said, on, on making the travel experience better. I'm a consumer behavior. I was kind of trained as a consumer behavior researcher on travels and uh, travel and tourist behavior 
And so understanding how travelers make decisions, um, I've done a lot of work in culinary travel. I did a huge study for the World Food Travel Association on that. Um, and then uh, the other half of what I do is is educational uh, benefits of travel experiences. So, and that one I'm continuing that research pathway because I think it's so very interesting. There's a lot of, as we'll talk about, a lot of research on study abroad, but not a whole lot on what people learn just from just from new experiences while traveling. So I think that's really a, a ripe area for research and to benefit society. So the article we're going to be talking about today, uh, the educational benefits of travel experiences. Can you tell me a little bit about the story of that research? So how did you decide to do this study? Um, who did you do the study with? Uh, just give us a little bit more detail about it. Um, certainly. Well, Professor uh, James Petrick at Texas A&M University worked with the United States Travel Association and um, was working with them on the, the understanding the benefits of, of travel. And so some of the benefits that they identified together were um, health benefits of travel, health and wellness benefits, relationship benefits of travel, and educational benefits of travel. And all of those have been disparate research streams, shall we say, but not really a comprehensive guide to where that was at state of the art and how to push that forward, how that will look in the future. And so that I worked with a team at Texas A&M to start this research, um, Dr. James Petrick, Dr. Angela Durko, Dr. Uh, Bamboo Chen, and myself on these different um, stories. And, and what this is really, we it was a literature review and took all the literature from, from study abroad and from educational learning and kind of combined it all together and to see what we know about learning from travel. So that was where this really started. So that's a little bit different than some other types of research and other types of, of research. Um, when you have something like an empirical study, somebody's saying, I want to answer this question. I'm going to go out and collect my data and we're going to do some hypothesis testing or research question answering something like that. For a literature review, how would you say that is different from, say, a, a, a pure empirical study? So what I would say on this is it, it sets the stage for more research, and it really is kind of a gap analysis. So as you do this research, you see, well, study abroad, while the research is okay, it's just, it's so, there's, it's, uh, it's pretty much done. I mean, there's pretty much, we've, we've got most of what we can out of that. And so now where are the gaps? How can we, we find these gaps? So what people have researched a lot is long-term travelers. Like if you were a backpack and you spent a year backpacking around the world, of course you learn things. You're backpacking for a year around the world. But there's very little on short-term experiences. Um, there's a ton of work within, you know, when you study abroad, what you learn, but not really from the study part of that. Everyone, I'm sorry, from the abroad part, everyone just said study abroad results in all these cool things, but no one's tried to split it out and said, well, the classroom gives you this much, but the travel gives you this much benefit. Um, and like you said, there's a lack of imperial studies on this. Like, what is the difference in people who traveled as, as kids and didn't on what they learn on GPAs, on school performance, you know? Um, and so that's kind of where hopefully this, this research kind of sets stage forward for that, for more study in that. And it's, it's a well-cited article at this point in time, I think, because it does outline a, a way to look forward. Yeah, and I think that's evidence that people are finding this type of research important to inform what should we be doing next. So you mentioned that we know a lot about study abroad, about the benefits of study abroad. Can you talk a little bit about those to start, and then we can talk a little bit more about the benefits of just travel in general? Um, absolutely. Well, study abroad is impactful in people's lives. Um, and there was a study they surveyed 6,000 students who'd studied abroad in the past, and, and a higher percentage said that the study abroad was their most impactful experience, even more so than classes or friends or anything else in college. It was this really impactful thing. Um, and some of the things they learned from study abroad, it's um, 
functional knowledge, which is uh, like just regular cognitive knowledge, learning more about facts and figures and, and languages. Um, they learn more cross-cultural type uh, of learning, um, communication skills, self-confidence, independence. A lot of these are really soft skills or what was later called generic skills. Um, and that is that was actually a really cool list of 20 generic skills that people learn um, from traveling. Um, but so it really focuses on a lot of the um, cross-cultural learning is kind of what that study abroad focuses on. A lot of the studies are on, on very small, like you know, 24 people went abroad and what they learned afterward. But there are some really kind of longitudinal over a 10-year period of time. You know, 60% of people who studied abroad said that, um, oh, this is my favorite study. Can I tell you my favorite study? Sure, absolutely. We, we uncovered It's Lamet and Lamet from 1982. They, they surveyed people who studied abroad over a 10-year period. And what they found out was they asked what was most important. Was it the out-of-class experience? Was it the in-class experience? Or was it a combination of both? 62% said the out-of-class experience were the most valuable aspect of study abroad, and only one person said that it was classroom. So 99% of the people said it was either a combination of inside and outside classroom, or almost two-thirds said it was just the outside of the classroom. So it's really starting to see, like, well, we, we think study abroad is this beneficial thing, but maybe it's the maybe it's the being abroad part that's just as beneficial as the study, or people seem to perceive it more as... as um, serendipitous travel part is being beneficial and other researchers have found that also that really it's the serendipity of, of, of traveling that it really creates a lot of the learning rather than just you know being in a classroom in another country it sounds like just being there is the thing that at least they self-report as being the most beneficial exactly and that's one of the challenges in, in any kind of educational research i'm not an educational researcher i don't pretend to be that it, it's difficult to separate how you learn something and rather than just giving a test, I can send you to Italy and I and you study Italian there and I take Italian in a classroom here in Chico, California, and you will know more Italian than I will. So we can do fact knowledge, but so much as it's self-reported knowledge. So that, that is a challenge in any of this research is we are really relying on people to say, I did learn from travel and here's ways in which I did it. But it is very difficult to empirically test rather than saying, you went to the Louvre, tell me about these paintings. It's really difficult to say exactly how you learned from that. Until we really start to do a lot more um, uh, with uh, control groups, you know, where you went abroad and you didn't, you know, and stuff like that. Without those control groups, though, it's that's kind of limited right now. Yeah, it really seems to me like in social research, that is the direction that things are moving is to trying to be a little bit more rigorous in our study design. So doing ex basically experiments um, in social science uh, settings. So as you mentioned, now we're sort of just stuck with people's self-reports. And so do you see that as being kind of the future of, of tourism research as well as trying to set up experiments where we can test, you know, one person studied abroad and one person didn't? And, you know, what are their different outcomes? No, I mean, psychology, social psychology research and consumer behavior research has done that for a while now on more experimental type studies, or rather than in a lab saying, which were these two trips would you take based on these two descriptions? It's really theoretical because I'm not really taking the trip. I'm going to, you know, say what, I'm going to give you my best answer, but rather until, you know, until you really test out menus in restaurants using on for two weeks, we did this menu on two weeks, we did this menu, which did people choose as opposed to just showing two people menus, which would you rather have in some setting, you know? So I think, yeah, definitely could. Uh, that would help. I mean, I do a lot of survey research because that is the easiest way, you know, to get data and to get get insight and consumer behavior. But no, I think that it adds on to it. I think the I think the 
survey research can really set the stage. And then I think it really depends on that. Like you said, some experimental stuff to really to kind of prove it or to show applications of it. You talked about study abroad and how it's looking like a lot of the benefits that people are getting, sort of these soft, what do you call them, soft skills? They're generic skills is the word that Pearson Foster used. And that's it's pretty cool. It's decision-making skills and understand adaptability and tolerance, forward thinking, responsibility, patience, these type of hard to quantify skills. But this is stuff that's useful in your everyday life. This is not like travel skills, right? Uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. So things like adaptability, forward thinking, this is, you know, come in handy all the time. And I think that, and then content knowledge, of course, is important also, but we'll put them in two different categories. You know, I know more about Austria because I've been there than, you know, I would if I hadn't been. So Right. And that goes with what you mentioned, sort of that cross-cultural knowledge that people get exactly. is a whole nother area of benefits. And you like food. So when you travel and you experience the food and see it, how see all the different foods on the menu and see how it's cooked and presented, then you learn more about it than you would, you know. Yeah. And actually, one of, one of my favorite things about food is that it teaches you about history because you like I was just over last Christmas, I was in Budapest. When you go to the restaurants, things are very hearty and you can tell, OK, this was a very it's a cold place, but it's also a place that has a Soviet past. And so everything was very hearty, very made out of the basics. But you could see that things were evolving to now include sort of like more modern culinary techniques. And it's just sort of cool to understand the history of a place based on the food of it and how it has evolved over time. Because, you know, a lot of times when people travel somewhere, they they want to eat the most classical dish. Like if you go to France, you know, you want coq au vin or something like that, you know, whereas, yeah, that's still on the menu, but people are eating much more newer, um, more modern takes on types of meals. I had a, well, real quick, I had a uh, another article in Journal of Travel Research about the most memorable travel uh, food experiences people have had while traveling. And it kind of gets right with what you're saying, you know, that there's just so much to food that, that then it part of history falls into it, but then it becomes part of your personal history too. And so that's kind of interesting. We should do we should do another podcast just on on that. I could talk about food, no problem. <laughs> um, so I want to talk now a little bit more. We talked about the study abroad part, and that's an experience that an ever increasing percentage of college students are getting. But in terms of the whole population of the planet, a fairly small portion of people are getting that type of experience. So I'm wondering, are the differences? in benefits that you found in your research between students who studied abroad or just your everyday travelers, are there any differences between them? So there's a couple, there's a study and it's a challenge. It, it, it takes people and said, if you've traveled abroad more, you, you're more, have these more generic skills, but it, it, it's really, um, there are some flaws in the study. I think what, what I've done a, a future study kind of follow up on it, looking at domestic travel, because that's another big gap is domestic travel. Of course, I mean, it's hard for me to say you're not going to learn more going to Paris for a week than you will going to St. Louis, Missouri. But it's not everyone has, and that's, it's almost an elitist idea that everyone has the chance to go to Paris even once in their life. So I think the idea that, hey, can we learn this similar things domestically? And so I did actually a follow-up study. We interviewed mothers on this one and, and seeing what kind of learning they saw in their in their kids. There's research, you know, there's challenges to saying what this is, again, observational rather than asking their kids. But again, they they found all the separate learning from these domestic experiences, too. And so that was pretty neat. Um, and they saw the same. They saw and this was just telling their stories and they, they were cognitive knowledge gains. You know, they saw their students learn things 
interpersonal skills, um, practical knowledge, whether it be how to pack or, you know, uh, personal growth, um, seeing new perspectives. So that was kind of neat to see that that these these same skills can be acquired domestically also. So that and that's still a huge gap. So if people are looking to research more, that's a huge gap. There is very little on domestic. There is very little on um, youth learning and travel, which I think is a great opportunity because for many people, you know, even if it's a th- two-day trip to the city, how can you get the most from that experience, which we'll talk about in a little bit too. So I'm just wondering, for, and I'm interested sort of in your interpretation of this, why do you think people are getting those benefits when they travel? I think it gives, so, and, and the mothers actually spoke to some of these things. Students can then connect what they've seen in the classroom to what's in real life. So they were saying it's one thing to read about the Alamo in class, but then when you see it, it um, it, it starts to, to connect everything together. Another thing was was they kind of observed that the, as students saw things, they became more curious. So you can get curious from reading a book, but you can also get curious from watching a TV show and think about all the different senses that go into visiting a place. Now you've seen the Alamo, you want to know more about it. And so it, it says they, they actually saw more of a quest for learning from these travel experiences. So I think it's the same as reading a book. It's being exposed to something new, but because it operates with more more senses and you can kind of touch it and feel it, um, that it connects more. So that seems like that's one of the reasons that travel is, is beneficial. In your course of study, have you come across anything that has been surprising to you that seems out of the ordinary? Well, I don't know if it's really um, – well, I really liked that about the, the study abroad. We, we've we've taken for granted that study abroad has these benefits, but it, it may be the abroad part more than the study part, which I thought that was, that was surprising to me. That Maybe it's surprising to me that no one had tried to separate those elements really until we did a lot of this. Some people had here and there, but you know, really started to separate the travel from it. Um, one thing I did find interesting too is there's um, – Kolb has a model of experiential learning. It's famous. It's from 1984, and if you do educational research, it's one of your – First educational theory classes, you'll come across it. And that one is um, such that a uh, you have to reflect on it really to learn. So as you you experience something and then you reflect on it and then you can then start to incorporate it into your life, into your into your knowledge base. And I think that's one thing that popped up as we're talking about travel is if people when I ask people about what you learn from travel, people are like, well, I guess I learned about art or, you know, the history of language. But then when you they really start to reflect on it and tell their stories, they've they've shown all these different types of knowledge. And so I think that reflection is such an important part. If you talk about how to use this in real life, it's that if you're taking a trip and this works especially well with kids or whatever, think about you don't need to plan out lesson plans for the day, but really think about not just um, what you'll do, but again, how you reflect on it afterward. What did you learn about this or how did it make you feel or what did, you know, how, how did we prepare today? Just, you know, how did we prepare to go camping? This reflection is kind of really what I think based on Kolb's theory and model, and it seems to work, is that's what kind of really makes it beneficial. So rather than just going somewhere and coming back and thinking you learned something, really sit down for a few minutes and just talk about what you learned. So that seems to be really important. I'm glad that you mentioned reflection because I know a lot of the research in this area tries to parse out when people get the benefits of travel. So a lot of research says things like cross-cultural understanding are very high when you come back from a trip. Um, especially an international trip. But that seems to tail off a little bit the longer somebody is away from the trip that they took. So in your research, did you have any findings about the long-term effects of travel on people's either general skills or cross-cultural skills or whatever their benefits may have been? There have been, like I mentioned, a couple um, kind of long-term ones where people self-reflected in in retrospect. and they. But what's interesting about this is they didn't ask um, – 
they'd say, you know, from study abroad 10 years ago, did you learn a lot or something like that? But they didn't really ask, what did you learn? Does that make sense? So there's really room. For, there's a lot of room for more longitudinal research in this area. Kind of looking back at somebody five years after studying abroad and 10 years after. And I'm working on a project with um, Dr. Carrie Olson in at, uh, with the Denver Public Schools on this. And she had taken um, eighth graders, actually from a, a underprivileged backgrounds for the most part, on study trips to Washington, D.C. and Europe. And, and really did great longitudinal work and saw how their, their – um, how it might have affected their their ACT scores and how it affected their um their GPA and just and it's hard to say one thing affected the other but making the connections between the two and then over time she asked the parents and the students five or ten years later to reflect on the experience again reflect on their learning again reflection is clearly an important part of what you're talking about and I'm wondering if that is so I always ask everybody you know what do your findings really mean for the average traveler. Um, because this is really key for us to help people understand who's not an academic, somebody who's not an academic, who doesn't do research. Like, what does this mean for me? If I'm traveling, what are the things I can do to make sure I get these educational benefits or or general benefits or cross-cultural benefits, whatever they may be? What are the things you can do? Are, are there things you can do while you travel? Is it just reflection or is it sort of some combination of all those things? I think, um, well, let's just uh, say just to, to travel and encourage travel, encourage travel amongst um, schools and youth. We, we tend to punish gap years in our country. In the United States, we do not encourage gap years. People see gaps on a resume. That's a bad sign and not a good one. Um, and so I think that's something we can really do kind of societally. I think the U.S. Travel Association is, you know, working on this to really kind of encourage that travel is part of a, a healthy environment. For those people who don't know what a gap year is, can you talk a little bit about what that is? You know, um, in Australia and in England, it's not uncommon for someone to take a year off, often between high school or the high school equivalent and college or, or after college for a year um, to travel. Um, I think when people are traveling to reflect on the learning, just like you said, whether it's journaling or just thinking about talking about what you might have learned. It's not a, writing an essay about it, but it's just thinking back, wow, I did learn some cool things from this experience. I think we can really encourage our and that's something that our mom said in that mother study is they think that that travel is is a part of a complete education and then it should be a part of this complete education and that um you know we try to find a way to spread these benefits again to other socioeconomic classes i think societally you know study abroad has been primarily some there are loans available for it but primarily it's something that those more well off get the experience to do and i don't think that travel should be a benefit only for the those with the means to to go far away um, i think travel providers also have have this great opportunity whether it's a hotel or, or historical museum, to kind of give people a way to to reflect on the learning, give them tools for learning, kind of the gamification of learning. I know museums are getting a lot better about this, kind of like scavenger hunt ideas. But then afterward, to give people something to take home, you get a brochure when you walk in the museum, but you don't get one to take home, which I find interesting. And that'd be kind of cool. That helps you reflect on on that experience. You know, If you're going to Washington, D.C., well, you learned a lot, but it's it's almost overwhelming. So what can you take away at the end of the day? Is there are there certain types of trips that you have the research has said are more beneficial in terms of gaining um, more skills? Like, do you have to go to museums or is going on a hike the same? You know, there are some in that I didn't really reach out into a lot in um, environmental learning, like learning through nature, which I is a whole different area of study. So people do learn things from going on hikes, but it's hard to I, I don't know if anyone's tried to compare the two. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of areas for future research. And I guess 
that's sort of the nature of this study that you did is you, it was your job to identify those areas where more research needs to be done. Um, are there are there places that you see the future of this area of study going? Like what what are your future plans? I, I know you mentioned you're working on a study with um, an educator in Denver, but do you have other areas that you're looking to get into in your future research? Yeah, that one's pretty neat because it actually does some quantifiable benefits where I can actually start connecting, you know, the school engagement and school performance to, uh, and it, it has, and, and over a 10-year period of time, it's eighth graders, and the GPAs were higher for those who had traveled either to D.C. or Europe, not just far, far away. Um, I think uh, uh, the research could, again, try to more quantify what the benefits are, um, see what they are domestic, domestically versus international. I think one of the great things then is to figure out how to to spread this benefit, how to get travel providers on board then to help, you know, cause I think travel is this great experience to, um, to educate society. I mean, Mark Twain's famous quote, which Joseph Rosendo, I think he closes TV show with it. It's that, that travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow mindedness. And many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. And I kind of agree with that. Like the more people travel, the more worldly we are, the more we understand can learn from the world. So I think if we, um, can really encourage it. And I encourage travel. I make no money from the travel industry right now. I don't own a hotel, but I think um, as more tra- people travel, as more travel providers can give this benefit, travel is not just something we do for fun, but it can also have benefits to it also, which that's the best of all, right? If I get to play a sport and it's fun and I get healthy, that's great. It's like two for one. So I think travel has this unique opportunity that very few other things in life can do to have that double double whammy effect. Well, and it sounds like your research has shown you don't have to go. I mean, you don't even have to go to Washington, D.C. If I'm in Arizona, I could go to New Mexico and probably have similar effects. No, and I, I, I agree with I believe that's true. I have spoken to people I grew up with in central Illinois, and we took a class trip to St. Louis and they still speak of it today. Just remember having those who had not traveled as much. That's still a very impactful point in their lives. So, yeah. So the opportunities are seemingly endless in terms of be, being educated by your travel experiences. Absolutely, yeah. And in a, in a world where we, you know, it's 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 always challenging to fund what what part of education we want to fund, and and travel is thought of as something fun or extracurricular or unnecessary or tangential, and and it seems to me like it could actually be a com- part of a complete learning experience. Like if you went to high school and didn't travel somewhere, then we're doing a disservice to our students, and and research may, as it goes along, start to show that a little bit. A little bit more. Now, I, I do go into these studies, though, with, you know, blank hypotheses that, you know, that might not be the case, you know. And so, as I say, I'm really encouraged that it may stay that it doesn't, I don't want it to ever be thought of that my research is intending to show that. My research is intending to show the accurate results. So, just keep going back to, to Rick Steves and just as he says, you know, we, uh, we travel to have enlightening experiences, to meet inspirational people, to be stimulated, to learn and to grow. And at the end of every show, he says, keep on traveling. And so I just I hope to keep on living by that for a long time. You know, you're you are the second person that I've interviewed now who has mentioned Rick Steves. And I'm wondering if there's some sort of connection between being like a Rick Steves. I don't know. What would you call Because I'm I'm like I learned how to travel from Rick Steves by my first trip. You know, I had a Rick Steves guidebook, multiple Rick Steves guidebooks. And I'm wondering if there's some sort of connection between people who learned how to travel from or or Rick Steves played a role in their travel experience or education and people who end up being travel researchers or something like that. That's that would be fascinating to study. 
And I think it is because his his thing is that anybody can do this because when he started traveling in the 70s, it was really rare, you know, for Americans particularly to, to, to travel to Europe maybe more than once in their life. And he really made it accessible, uh, made it less frightening um, and just as a way of he just really believes that it that this cultural knowledge is so important to connecting in our world, so our global, our globalized world. 